Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza. So on this episode with Montu Dillon, we start off talking about flat earth, but stick with us here a little bit because we get into the Toronto condo market scene. And if you haven't heard Montu before, this guy knows Toronto condos really well. He's been in the game a long time. So we go through just the latest things he's seeing, discuss where to buy now, some of the trends he's seeing. So just basic Toronto condo market update that I think will interest most of us. Um, if you're investing outside of Toronto and you want to get an idea of what's happening inside of Toronto, this is the chat for you and then we do talk about inflation and population growth and we talk about making a Netflix documentary ourselves on a certain subject that I'll let you hear about on the podcast but if you're listening to this and you want some more information about investing the best resource I can share with you is definitely the first book we put out which is called Income for Life for Canadians that book has been downloaded tens of thousands of times by Canadians all over the country many people walk into the rockstar offices here and say it was this book that convinced me to come and chat with you guys and get started so if you want to copy of that book for free or you want to give a copy of that book for free you can send this url to anyone you would like it's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books that's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books you're going to see all our books on there we just released a fourth new book that i'm not going to discuss right now in the interest of time but it's on there and you can get a download of copy of that one for free as well but income for life for canadians is on there you can send that url or download the book yourself get the pdf and email it off to whoever you would like that's probably the best resource to get started if you're considering getting into real estate or someone you're thinking about would like a little bit more information. I think that's it for now. With that, let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, Montu, Dylan, we are live and uh, we were just chatting as we got going here about flat earth and Montu was telling me how he's a big believer in flat earth and uh, no, you don't believe uh, in the flat thanks, earth. Thanks, Tom. That's perfect. Okay. <laughs> no, you were saying that, uh, what, yeah, what were you going to tell me about flat earth? Okay. Yeah. So in 2019, I was really surprised that there are uh, like millions of people on our planet who believe that the earth is flat like there was a special on netflix you really is it mil how do you know it's millions of people well that's what they said on the netflix special yeah, okay, and, and basically by the amount of videos on youtube uh that are dedicated to um like people coming up with reasons for why they think the earth is flat and and the, the whole like celebrity some celebrities backing it up yeah i think Kyrie irving of the boston celtics was a believer in the flat earth but i think he's backtracked now and said no maybe i was a little bit wrong right, he's I, back in our camp I, I think he's back in the round <laughs> the round earth camp you know those pictures from space that we get that show the earth <laughs> right <laughs> the videos showing the earth spinning on its axis <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And uh, so like, I'm a huge follower of uh, Neil Tyson DeGrasse and, and Elon Musk. You know, just I subscribe to Star Talk and, and everything that they that they have uh, to educate us, to, to give us um, and make us a, a smarter species, which is, I think, their, their ultimate goal. I mean, Elon Musk trying to get us to Mars and all these things, I think, are fantastic. And sell flamethrowers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. But but OK, cool. So um, there is a bit of a relationship between the flat earthers and people like learning about investing there is just whoa yeah tell me can, about, can you believe tell, it tell me yes where are there's, you headed with this tell me there's there's a lot of misinformation out there and let's look at it this way the people who believe in flat earth they just haven't learned how to think they just haven't really developed that ab 
ability to um, to like be speculative and then test their own hypothesis. They don't do that. They just take something at face value and then they just run with it and, you know, running with the herd, which yeah, is yeah. also well, It is also fun to believe something that's opposite of what everyone else believes. But I don't know yeah. exactly how you would test it either because a whole bunch of people that believe it, I don't know if they're, you know, I, we were just chatting how when I was going parachuting and I went up high enough and I could actually, when I was halfway out of the door of the plane, I looked at the horizon. I could actually see the curvature of the earth. And uh, I don't know if everybody gets these opportunities. I swear when I was a kid, and this must be incorrect, but I swear I was on this old airline. It was called Yacht, Yugoslavian Airlines. And I we mm-hmm. were so high. I remember looking out because we went there. We went overseas a lot. I remember opening the window and we were looking out and I remember the sky was more it just seemed more densely black than than usual and i felt like i could see the curvature of the earth but i don't know maybe right. it was just a dream as a kid or something or an i felt like i was illusion. in space or something <laughs> yeah i'm sure the airplane wasn't in space at that that moment but uh but uh anyway sorry i keep cutting you off yeah no it's all good um so people haven't really learned um the proper way to think to test hypothesis like when i turned on that netflix special about flat earth I was like, okay, this I got to see. I want to see the evidence. I want you to convince me. That's what I was looking forward to. I wanted to to have that wonder and a bewilderment that maybe the earth is flat, but they they just couldn't provide anything. They even had some experiments that they did, which they failed at, and they still what, couldn't accept. Do you remember one of the experiments? Like, what did they yeah, do? Well, they had Let's this, put a big flagpole and keep walking away from it and see how <laughs> far we can see it. <laughs> one of the big ones was they had this laser gyroscope that is extremely accurate. And basically, um, if the gyroscope moves 15 degrees within one hour, uh, that means that the Earth has is, is turning, is spinning, right? So they set it up. And they said, okay, someone actually, one of the flat earthers went out and spent $20,000 on this device to test it out to see if the earth is, is actually moving. Because, you know, their, their, their whole premise is that the earth isn't a globe. It's like shaped like a donut. It's, one, it's a flat disk. And we have walls of ice all around us at the edge of the disk, at the edge of the tire. And uh, the what's, con- what's on the other side? Well, that's just it. Like, there's nothing underneath it. Okay, got it. Okay, got it. It's all rock, I guess, is what they're they're thinking. And the sky is a dome, like a lights display. Everything that we see up in the sky is a lights display. So they, um, the gyroscope, they, everyone got together. They, they looked at it. They prepared it, and guess what? It moved. It moved exactly 15 degrees within one hour. And they thought, oh, okay, wait, something must have interfered. You know, they were trying to find a reason for why it was happening. Is that nuts? So they, they, they tried to shield it and encase it to prevent uh, like ray, solar radiation oh from God. affecting it. And, you know, I want to hang out with these guys. Like, <laughs> right? This just that's, sounds like fun. To, to me, it's yeah, entertainment. Yeah, right? yeah me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they did another experiment where, um, oh gosh, I can't remember this one. They, uh, they were, uh, they, right. Okay. So the, they could not explain eclipses. So the solar display in the sky, the, the dome display, it's supposed to be the earth. Uh, underneath a rotating sun and moon, which disappear at day and nighttime. So then people asked him to explain eclipses, how, what happens when the moon gets in front of the sun and the sun gets in front of the moon, like a lunar eclipse. Even Dr. Neil uh, Tyson, he said that through our telescopes, we can see that all the other planets are circular globes. But Earth, the uh, one of the eight is a flat donut, right? So how, how how can you accept that 
And yeah, what do they say? Well, they, they tried we'll to... We'll get say, to Toronto condos here in, in a second. For anyone <laughs> listening, wanna, yeah, we're going to talk about condos in a second, but I'm too fascinated by this. Like, yeah, what do they say to that? Well, they, 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 they can't explain it. They're just saying it's an illusion. So the the scientists, by the way, there's no. Scientists. I want you know what we should there's, do. We should put a big mirror in space, and then we can look <laughs> with binoculars through the mirror in space What's back at the side? Earth. <laughs> and I'm sure we have telescopes out in space that are re- sending pictures of Earth back to us regularly. <laughs> well, that's that's a big conspiracy. That's, oh, okay, got it. Fake. Those are fake. Okay. Uh, uh, so okay, so you want to know how this whole thing got started? Apparently, there was a comedian. Um, who used to work for NASA, quote unquote, I don't know what his, his background is. And for attention, he said that when, when I worked at NASA, I learned that the Earth is flat because <laughs> the GPS does not work over Antarctica. And he started this whole thing and then it just snowballed. One person took it seriously. He was like, I'm on stage making a joke. <laughs> I love you know what I just love the world and I love I love the people in our world <laughs> it makes it for a lot of entertainment but uh, yeah I think people just want to believe things you know it gives people kind of this weird sense of belonging when they're part of a camp that yeah. all believes the same thing and it even gives people I think a sense of hope yeah. when they're on to the truth right. you know yeah. especially I, I think if your life isn't maybe well, I'm thinking Kyrie Irving's got a lot of money and you'd think a lot of freedom. You've got to think he's happy. Why is he believing you? I was going to say, you know, if your life isn't turning out the way you want it to yeah. and then you uncover this whole other thing, maybe you can grab on and attach to it and it gives you a sense of meaning and purpose and happiness in some there weird way. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So what's the what's the conclusion of this Netflix special? Um, they actually had none. You know what? Here's, here's the I thing. I didn't even like, know this on Netflix. Do you remember the name of it? Uh, it's called... No, sorry. It, it skips my... Yeah, yeah. No big deal. Um, something about now i have to turn it on though behind the curve yeah i think that's what it's called behind the okay curve. so uh yeah the what's the conclusion you know what i was so disappointed by the this movie that i turned it off before the final 10 yeah, minutes yeah, you couldn't handle it like, yeah. it's just so yeah, it gets silly you silly yeah, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> so why so uh, you think in using that as an analogy you think people are looking at toronto condo scene and can't see what's right or don't believe what's right in front of them with exactly. actual data yeah that everyone might think that I shouldn't say everyone. I know that there's some very savvy people who are, are getting in. Tons, yeah, of camp. course, yeah. Um, they see speculation. Everyone wants the prices to come down. They're hoping the prices come down that so that much that they've convinced themselves. I want the prices to come down so that I can actually buy more. We've been waiting for a crash for about 10 right, years. Right. Nick and I have been saying, you know what? We're going to keep buying properties and we'll buy them because we can't time the market. You only make money with time in the market. So we'll keep buying. But when the crash comes, we'll just go all in then and grab whatever we can. Yeah, right. But that, thankfully, we haven't stopped buying properties mm-hmm. and we haven't waited because we would have missed all of this growth in uh, property prices, right. population in this area, the whole bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. The amount of people coming into Toronto is just incredible. Uh, what were we expecting last year? So uh, in Canada, we have this long-term trend of like we need about 250,000, not need, uh, we have this uh, about 20-year trend of about 250,000 people a year coming into the country of Canada. Hmm. In Ontario, in the last reported data, which is Q3 data of last year, the 12 months before that, we had over 300,000 into Ontario we had over, and I'll pull it, actually I'll pull it up right now, but we, I believe we had over 500,000 into the country of Canada um, during that period. Holy so smoke. we are way over anyone's expectations. And even if you look at the immigration data, the immigration forecast that the federal government puts out, we were supposed to have as a country 
like 300 and some odd, I think just around 300 mark, 300,000 immigrants last year. Mm -hmm. Anyone listening to this should understand I'm the product of two immigrant parents into this country. I'm very proud of that. You were not born in this country, Montu, correct? I was, I was. Oh no, I keep forgetting that. That's right, we just talked about that. You know why? You know why? Because you told me where you were born and we're not going to repeat it. I see how I blocked it out of my mind? I told you I was going to block it out of my mind. I think everyone knows. I was born in Montreal. Most people know this. Montu said that and I'm like, I'm not going to accept that answer. I'm a Toronto fan. Anyone from Montreal, I have to get to know you before I get to like you. You know, a lot of people consider Montreal and Quebec, a separate country already. So, oh, <laughs> dude, it's just why. the Habs, man. It's just the Habs. That my whole beef with Montreal is the Habs. <laughs> I love Montreal. The people are great. The whole bit. It's just the Habs that make me turn this way. But uh, so what I was what I was saying though is, uh, <laughs> yeah, we were um, we were on forecast to get about three hundred thousand. We had over four hundred thousand immigrants come into this country last year. The forecast for two thousand nineteen, actually, I have it right in front of me, is three hundred thirty thousand people. We beat that last year. So I don't know if we're going to just turn down our immigration policy. 2020, the federal government has a plan to get 341,000 people into this country as immigrants. And in 2021, 350,000. All of those um, just on sheer immigration is higher than our 20-year trend of population growth of about 250,000 people. Incredible. So, um, and I actually might be, I should pick up something. The, the, the long-term trend of 250,000 is immigration. So I just want to be clear on that. But we are, it's not complete population growth. It is immigration, that 250,000 number. But now we're way over. And last year, at over 400,000 into this country, I mean, that's just a huge amount. And then into Ontario, our population, when you combine natural increase with immigration, at over 300,000 people in one year, with the vast majority of that coming to the GTA. I know some probably go to Ottawa and stuff, but the vast majority coming to the Golden Horseshoe here. Mm -hmm. Like this is an absolute population explosion. Yeah, I think about seventy percent of all immigration comes into our Golden Horseshoe, and my yeah, I checked it. I and I thought it was going to be higher too. It's forty. Forty. It's forty. Okay. Yeah, I want it to be higher for yeah. some reason because I'm like that doesn't just seem like enough. But well, all the data I still pull is telling me it's forty. Well, where where's everyone going to go? Okay, there's there's Vancouver, which is nice, and Montreal, I suppose. Because, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's a... No, but if you're a French-speaking immigrant as right. well, like, it's going to be a natural yeah. choice, sure. Like, who's going to go to Winnipeg? I mean, sorry yeah. to any uh, Winnipegites out there, no. but... Who's no, I know, you know, we have some rock star members that have been <laughs> members working with us for, like, probably 10 years now that immigrated into this country in Winnipeg, then found their way out of Winnipeg, and uh -huh. got, uh, people listen to this in Winnipeg, oh, so, no. you know, so we're... The only well, reason I don't emails. like Winnipeg is also the Winnipeg Jets, but I don't, like, dislike them as much as the Haps. <laughs> So Winnipeg's in the good books, um, but they found their way to Toronto and bought a bunch of properties here for 10 years. Can you imagine them? They're immigrants from the Philippines, found their way to Winnipeg, mm -hmm. then came to Toronto. 10 years ago, they managed to save up and scrape everything they had to buy a couple properties. A few years later, they refinanced those properties, pulled equity out and bought more. They have a portfolio of over a dozen properties now, and they've mm -hmm. owned that some of them for 10 years, some of them for eight years. And so can you imagine what they've done for their lives? Yeah, I love hearing stories like yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's game it. changing. That's it's that's awesome. Com yeah, completely yeah. game changing. The the top three countries for immigration are uh, India, China, and the Philippines in, in, into our Canadian uh, pool. Um, and you know what I love about immigrants? They bring something with them, not just their money. They bring their mentality. Yeah, their and, work ethic. And also the desire to own homes. People from India and China, about 90% of them believe in home ownership. So they come here with the plan to buy something totally. as soon as possible. So totally. once their two years of like income history is there, 
bang, that's it. They buy something. And this is driving up our Well, you can see it on my street in Oakville. I looked at the last nine home sales since I moved onto that particular street. It was all Chinese buyers. And it was interesting to me because they had a purpose. They were going to come to this country and they were going to buy, they're going to get their kids in the schools they want to get their kids in. That's right. And they're going to buy property. Yeah. Like it's fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. And it is obviously driving the prices in the suburb of Oakville up when you have all these people buying properties. Right. I don't know if they're all new to the country, but I can kind of sort of tell that a bunch of them are, mm -hmm. especially when one of them came to my, a nice guy comes to my house with his kids during Halloween. It was an older gentleman and, you know, he could speak a bit of English, but he's, he was like, why are we doing this Halloween? Why, why are we doing this Halloween thing? And I was explaining yeah. to him what Halloween, what Halloween was <laughs> and, you know, you do the trick or treat thing yeah. and dress up in costumes. Right. Um, so it's, yeah, we're in the middle of just this, uh, Canada is just continuing to evolve in front of our eyes. Mm -hmm. And I think a savvy person who likes real estate and his investment can put those trends to their advantage. And are there, so what are you, can you share with us some of the things that you're currently seeing on the condo scene? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like you know, First off, Canada is, was it the vote at the best place to live in the world? Yeah, recently. They always come up with different studies. But yeah, on one of them recently, I saw it top of the list. And in yes. the World Happiness Index, it's the sixth top, and number six in the in the list of 190 countries, something like that. Okay, because if yeah. you said number one, I was going to call bullshit yeah. on that. Because this winter, everybody's miserable. <laughs> right. I don't care. I went to San Diego. I'm just back from San Diego. Right. You get out into the sunshine there. You just It's like angels are singing. My smile comes <laughs> oh, out man. again. You know, I'm happy you come back here. Uh, like, holy shit, it's still snowing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, number six sounds about right yeah. for Canada. And it's just like, where else are you going to buy property? Like, you can't buy in Singapore, Hong Kong. Just forget it. Like, there's the... It's too expensive there. So the world is now aware that uh, the sweet spot is Toronto and the surroundings of Toronto. Like This is where everyone wants to get in. Pension companies are being attracted to the Golden Horseshoe and they're buying up our real estate. It's like it's almost a perfect storm. There's, there's one more factor we need in our perfect storm to make things go nuts and I think that's going to come very shortly. So the things that I'm noticing. Wait, uh, what was your one more factor? That's oh, gonna I'll, I'll get oh, to oh, it. Oh, you're yeah. leading us up. Setting this oh, up. Oh, okay. Right? Set the yeah. stage. Okay. I'll yeah. say it at the very end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so people have to listen in. Okay. So um, the whole thing that affects prices, everyone's obsessed with the prices. What affects prices to me is just, it's simply the law of supply and demand. If there's more supply than there is buyers, then the prices will go down. That's what we're all hoping for. But if the... Supply is being, uh, it's just insufficient to meet the demand. We have, for example, immigrants coming in, people getting jobs in the Toronto uh, city. It's going to drive up prices. So listings are actually down 11.2% versus Q4 of last year. And this is, and this makes prices go up. Simply law of supply and demand. There's all these other factors people think about. But to me, it's just that very simple law. It's the one thing I look for, the number of listings versus last year. And the buyer pool, there's always going to be buyers. There's always going to be people um, getting jobs or you know families breaking up, people moving. There will always be buyers. It's just what's the X factor is really the supply. How many sellers are there? Um, and guess what? Prices are up about 8% versus last year in the condo scene. Whereas detached properties, you know, not as much. Don't make fun of my detached properties, I, we Monty. Have to, we don't have to touch don't on make it. fun of my detached what's, properties. What's the number here? Uh, oh, sorry, Tom. It's minus two point eight percent on the detached, and this is uh, the GTA. You mean as a property whole. prices don't go up forever every year? 
<laughs> as a whole, everything has gone up as a whole uh, in general. We're up. What's our average price in uh, 7.48 of uh, this is what am I looking at here? This is the uh, January numbers. Yeah, 748,000. What are you looking at? Treb stats there? Yeah. That's the average of just all properties oh, yeah. on the Treb system That's or Treb. Toronto? Uh, Treb, the yeah, entire got it. Treb okay. system. So like, yeah, we want to look at the, the market as a whole because uh, Toronto is seems to be a separate animal. Like there's things happening in there that uh, it's there's a cascading effect, which is why I follow Toronto so much to see what's going to happen around it. Um, so yeah, prices are up in the condo market, about 8%. Um, what about builders? Are builders still doing like pre-construction events where they're having like platinum access and VIP access? And are those still uh, attractive? Like are buyers kind of flocking to those things still? Or has that all cooled down? I expected it to cool, but that has not happened. Okay, so um, you're still... Sales, so sales events are still going on. People are still flooding sales centers. Uh, Line 5 South Tower over uh, in Midtown, uh, their platinum event was huge. They sold out like 70 or 80% within two weeks. Okay. An entire building. So. And, and so where, where, that was in Midtown, where exactly? Young you, and Eglinton. That's Young and Eglinton, okay. Midtown. And um, so that one sold out. What about on the fringe, are, are there some that are not? Just out of curiosity, can you tell us uh, some that are not and why they're not? Or are they, everything you're seeing, they are? Well, the ones that I focus on, so I don't go to all you're going to tell events. us how great, you, oh, you're yeah, going to tell us how great you, know, you are. You've picked, yeah, a, you've cherry-picked the I, best I, ones. You know, okay. Yeah, we've yeah. already had that this talk. Sense. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> I'm just curious if you could tell us anything about some that are, uh, you know, they're not selling in. The reason is this, you Okay, know? so people always compare. Um, the, the market isn't stupid. The market is basically the collective knowledge of all the buyers out there. And buyers look for deals. They, they compare. They don't just run to the one product, the one builder is selling. So they look at parking prices. They look at maintenance fees. Um, so I've noticed that there's a trend for locker fees now. Like lockers are costing maintenance fees of around $20 a month. And parking costs about $50 a month to maintain. To purchase the parking spot, it's another story. Like prices are, are continually climbing what's a parking spot i know we can't hold it. it's always going to be different but yeah. give, give me a ballpark number just to we're, frame this we're looking around 70 to ninety thousand for, for a parking for spot a parking spot okay and, and storage storage uh, around f between five and ten thousand for the locker yeah got it so it's it's climbing and people are paying for it just because they you know they want it they need it um so people compare that and if one location one build isn't as uh, beneficial to investors as another. They're, they're just gonna go with the better one uh, the, that's better for them. Also, location is pretty key. Um, for example, there's all kinds of transit being built up around Toronto, go trains you know, towards Niagara and Barry, all stuff is increasing. So people look for that because when you buy, like for example, along a subway, it's proven that the real estate value goes up. People no longer need a car, so they're just, uh, they're taking transit. You know, we're becoming very Manhattanized. No one's going to be needing cars very soon because the city is going to provide all these LRTs. There's going to be one going uh, from the Pearson Airport all the way to uh, across Eglinton, all the way to, I think there's a university at the other side. I forgot the name of it. But, I mean, it's a crosstown LRT, you know, very advanced, very high tech. Um, and so people look for these things. So the type of Products, the uh, builds that don't sell well are usually the ones that are further away from uh, infrastructure, transit, mm -hmm. and 
just the, the builder's reputation is also pretty key there too. I um, th- that's going to be an ongoing trend. Like uh, we put out uh, some YouTube video on on our YouTube channel a little while ago, and somebody commented like I, I said something like rail is the new holy grail. Yeah, like uh, you one. know highways, um, you know have are obviously going to be still important and can really drive population growth and real estate opportunities. Definitely, that's not like going away, but rail. Now, and I mean subway, LRT, GO train, all of it is mm-hmm. definitely critical going forward because of what you just said. Mm-hmm. People are going to be using that more and more to get around. And some guy comments, I hate, I hate internet comments, but some guy comments like, thanks, smart guy. You know, it's uh, rail's been the key to real estate for, you know, forever. And I guess, you know, my, my point was that it's just not in my world. I always focused on the highways. Like outside of Toronto, like if I was in Toronto, I'd be looking at the subway stations and, you know, like kind of buying along the subway routes and the whole bit. But around Toronto, I was always looking at highways because there was not a lot of new rail development. So rail wasn't important back then. It was like a new highways, you know. A new highway is going to go east and west on the 407. The Lincoln Alexander Parkway on Hamilton is going to connect down to the QEW. Right. Even the 403 back in Mississauga days when I was a kid, when it cut through Mississauga, like there was nothing there. When the 403 cut through Mississauga, I rode on that on my bike. It was gravel. I rode on that hi- highway. Oh, oh, cool. Mississauga, the downtown Mississauga used to be Highway 5 and 10. It used to be Dundas and Huron, Ontario, for anyone who knows Mississauga. When I was a kid, way back, that was downtown Mississauga, that intersection. When that was born when um when that highway cut through Mississauga, all the new developments started happening around the four oh three in Highway Ten. Square one began right. to expand, the new city hall plunked down there, all the condo developments started happening because next to the highway right. was the there. Highways, yeah. And the downtown of that city literally changed next to the to the transportation route. Mm-hmm. And I see the next evolution of that is going to be rail. Like it's not like highways are not no longer important. They obviously are. But if you can buy next to go train developments and we know that the go train is looking at doing joint relationships with builders now so when they develop new stations what they're going to start to do is to see if they get to get to i don't know if everybody knows this or not and i don't know if this is on an official plan or anything i don't even know if i should be sharing this but i know that this (laughs) is happening that go is interested in doing developmental deals with condo developers so, for example, let's say here in Oakville, Ontario, where we're sitting right now, there's the Oakville Go across the street. Mm-hmm. On the side of the street we're on, it's all been zoned for condos, but it's not built yet. I know the Go would like to, and I don't know if they will do this, partner with condos to develop little areas around the Go train so the condo developers participate in the infrastructure build-out. So, for example, building bridges over the road from a condo right over to the Go train access. Oh, yeah. Or for new stations further out, actually building condos right directly next to the station or right even over the station, which sounds ludicrous to us in in Toronto. But in Europe and in Asia, that happens all over the place. That's what I'm waiting for, for us to become like, I want that bullet train. I would love to ride on that bullet train. When are they bringing that? Yeah, yeah. so they're not going to be bullet train. The reason they they won't bring the bullet train anytime soon is because we use freight rail. We use freight rail here, and because uh, it's that metal freight rail tracks, right. and uh, we don't have the infrastructure to put a fast train on it because if a fast trail goes on that, I'm assuming the vibrations. It's magnets. They're, it runs it's on magnets. It's totally different. It yeah. levitates, yeah. Yeah, but even a faster train on our current rail can't handle it because it's just going to shake. Ah, uh, okay. So, uh, but you're right. If we were to put down those new magnet rails or whatever they do, yeah. then we could, but right now we use... We use old school, like it's it's kind of Stone Age stuff we're using. It's old school freight rail yeah. that the GO train's on. So we're capped on certain stuff. That's a shame. 
It's a shame, but it kind of defines where as a condo investor, you can look for future opportunities as well. If you know this stuff, like the rail map is a treasure map to me. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, What I want to ask you on the condos, on new condos, for anyone listening, we've interviewed you before on this about condos. So anyone listening can go back and listen to your first time on here because you went into it. But for investors, do you still have a specific condo type that you like, like bachelor, one bedroom, two bedroom, certain floor? Can you just recap that just a very little bit in case anyone hasn't heard you? So for investors, uh, here's what you want to do. You want to aim for the two bedroom or the one plus den. And here's why. if you're planning on holding the unit for any kind of like period, um, you got to think about your tenants. And if you buy a one bedroom, first off, the one bedrooms are the most expensive on a price per square foot. The builders know this. They just keep increasing the prices because people think it's the cheapest, but it's really not on a price per square foot basis. So your future tenant, if you get a single person in your one bedroom around 500 square feet, um, see two people can't really fit into a 500 square foot unit. They're going to be tripping over each other. So you're only going to attract uh, a single person, um, could be a divorcee, whatnot. And I found that uh, single people tend to be somewhat, I'm not seeing all single people out there, by the way, for anyone <laughs> listening to this. You can just smash the single people, go for it, whatever you want to say, we'll they're, take the heat. I just prefer uh, a couple as my tenants because I have t- a two-income family paying my rent. Um, so if one of them loses their job, the other ones are going to still be able to pay. Uh, and then the other one gets back on their feet and they're, then they're good to go. So I've had issues. This has had come up a few times. So that's why I prefer the one plus den or the two bedroom unit. Um, ideally two bedrooms because that two bathroom thing is going to come into play in the future with uh, furnished uh, executive rentals, which I'll talk about in a bit. Uh, I see a huge demand coming up for that. Uh, so you want a one plus den or a two bedroom. I think that's the sweet spot because your, your, your tenants are going to be happier with that. Um, and down the road, with more people, you know, rooming up and paying, chipping in like fifteen hundred dollars each to to be roommates, to share a kitchen, the three bedroom will have more more demand. Right now, three bedrooms are about ten percent of the of the available volume, so I see that increasing. There's more people rooming up, you know, just sharing a space, um, and so the two bathroom for furnished executive rentals down the road. See, I see the Manhattanization of Toronto happening right now. Um, And I believe there's going to be a demand in the future for these furnished rentals. It's an untapped opportunity uh, because it's it's difficult to do. It's tough for most people to like lug furniture up into a condo. They don't want to go through that hassle of the elevator and the booking. But just like San Francisco and Manhattan, Toronto is about to have a lot of traveling executives uh, that are just wanting to come in for a couple of months, maybe even a year. This is what... Totally. We're having that happen right now. Yeah. 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 And this is going to increase because the type of jobs that we're creating here, it's, it's you know, we're very metropolitan. Um, so we just look at Toronto. Just look at it. It's the fourth highest volume city for Airbnb after London, New York, and Moscow. So that shows like there's a, a pretty high demand, not just tourists, but there's like people coming in here for work. You know, for, for my Airbnb units uh, in like the last year, I'd say I've had like maybe eight to 10 uh, executives who are coming in for work who need a place to, to crash and don't want to pay a hotel $9,000. And that's what they're using Airbnb for. Uh, but there's going to be a demand for like long-term furnished rentals as well. Uh, that's coming. That's, uh, I'm looking forward to that. And just so, so just since we're, since we're talking about it, what do you think, just percentage-wise, the difference in monthly revenue or income or rent would be from a regular rent 
to a furnished executive rental rent. Yeah, so it's going to de- very depend very much on the type of services you offer. Typical premiums are 30 to 50%, but you know, these executives coming in for work, they they have expectations. They would like to have a cleaning person, a bi-weekly cleaning that should be included in your rent. Um, you got to have the Wi-Fi set up. You got to pay for all the utilities because they don't want it. They when they leave, they just want to pack their suitcase and, and go. Jet. That's it. Okay. And are you do are you doing this right now? Yeah. Or you yeah. are doing it right now. Are, are you using Airbnb to get some of these guys? Like, what's the what's the platform? So yeah, Airbnb brings me most of my my uh, volume. Um, I used to be listed. Are you advertising uh, like ex- for executive rental specifically? No, not exactly. So I just have it listed, and in my description. I describe that it's good for executives coming in for traveling purposes because a cleaning person is available, uh, Wi-Fi is included, and it's at this perfect location to get to the financial district downtown. Um, so I target my audience. That, that's what attracts them. Like I, I put out the big flashing signs that say, hey, come stay here. You'll have- and, and are you able on Airbnb to set a minimum stay? Uh, yeah, you can. Okay, you are can. you doing that with these these ones that you're trying to get somebody yeah, longer than a few that, weeks? That's right. Okay. So, like in the very beginning, I recommend everyone have a very short uh, stay period, like two nights, just to build up your reviews if you're starting Airbnb. But down the road, you can set for a minimum for a week, which is what I do. So, uh, what I, the people I attract are like business people who need to stay like one to four weeks, and some I've had stay for like eight months. Eight, eleven months. How, how did that work out? Any problems with that? It was, it was the best. Because yeah. I, I your like, rent's higher. Yeah, rent's higher. Um, they're they're respectful. There's less wear and tear on your unit because they're not lugging their furniture in and out. Um, they're they keep the place clean and like I send in a cleaner myself once a month. It's it's. Been, so, so give me some numbers on something like that. Like the monthly rent on was that a one bedroom? Yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah. what would the monthly rent on that condo unit be? Uh, ballpark okay straight rent yeah it would have been 2300 okay and then on the short-term rental it was i was getting 3500 yeah jeez. Yeah. you were happy that's why yeah. you smiled when you that said does, shared that story yeah. that's a big difference <laughs> yeah it is and and i remember that uh, the experience was fantastic the tenant was like a perfect tenant you know never had any issues if there were any complaints uh, about service in the building, something's wrong with the heat. I just sent the property manager down. I had like built-in like, property management. That's yeah. Oh my gosh, that's great. That's just like a longer lease. Sorry, that's just a, a shorter eight months is just like a short lease, yeah. like an under a year lease. But it's almost still just like a regular tenant, just paying you a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Less hassle, like you're saying, in and out. The condo bylaws were okay with this thing. Yeah. Well, I I had them agree to the condo bylaws. Like you know, there was a list of things that they had to do to live there and they were fine with it. They were mature people, you know, in their fifties and they were thrilled. They were, I couldn't believe how happy they were to to get my little 500 square foot apartment. Yeah. So you're thinking this is the next wave. So, so if I'm just trying to read your mind now, you're like, okay, Toronto, first of all, we get 40% of Canadian, big picture, we get 40% of all immigration coming into this country. The big picture on that is that we're getting a lot more immigration than we used to get. Mm-hmm. Um, Ontario's population is growing at an obscene amount. I extrapolated forward Canada's population growth using their Q3 reported number from Stats Canada. It's Canada's population, if that stayed true, would grow 780,000 people in the next 12 months, which it's not going to. I, I Q3, for whatever reason, seems to be a population bump in this country. Mm-hmm. Like it's a high population growth quarter so it's not going to be that i'm sure yeah. but um well i'm not sure who knows but uh 
Um, I don't think it's going to be that. It'll be less than that. But my point is that just like this country, we're going through this massive moment. I don't understand why this isn't on the front page of the yeah. news. Well, here's there's a couple of factors here. There's global warming. Canada's getting warmer, believe it or not. Is it? Are you sure? Yeah. yeah. And Miami. Miami. You know what? I must be getting older. <laughs> I, feel, I go outside. I go outside. I used to have this joke that I'm just going to get roasted for right now. It was a joke. I never actually did this, okay? But okay. when I worked in uh, uh, at a company called NetSuite, we had some California executives that I used to report to. Mm-hmm. And I always used to joke. And I just want to repeat that I joke. I did not actually do this. But I would tell them I'm in my backyard here in Canada with aerosol spray cans spraying it all because I'm trying to increase global warming. <laughs> yeah. So that we could get warmer uh, weather here. Uh, I terrible. just want to repeat, it was a joke. I never actually did that. He's, okay. He's winking at me right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm just getting about roasted on this. But uh, anyway, I, I'm still waiting for global warming to hit here, Montu, because the, my driveway has been a disaster and I've been freezing all winter. So, uh, so yeah, they're predicting that places like Miami are going to be like 45 degrees and uh, California will be like un untenable yeah but when is that going i I can't don't take me there i'm not going to invest on that kind of stuff (laughs) let me give me my numbers the population big picture let me sum this up your mind big uh population in canada seems to be going through it's an explosive moment 40 percent of um all immigrants come into the the ontario a huge chunk of that obviously come to the golden horseshoe i I found the latest toronto specific uh data and the gta in 2016 so a few years ago now had a census uh data census population of 6.7 million people okay Okay. now 2041 it's forecasted to go to 9.7 that is a 43 percent increase or 3 million more people are going to come into this country that's like a second toronto well toronto the population of toronto right now is about 2.7 million that means there's another toronto coming coming over the next 20 years there's like another mississauga coming every four or five years whoa it, 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 depending on which numbers you pick and how you extrapolated it out, right? Like it's crazy. That is nuts. It, it, yeah. it, it's it's crazy what's happening here. So uh, anyway, I'll get off my 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 population <laughs> little rant there. But uh, what else can you tell us about the condo stuff? So the executive rentals is definitely a trend to be aware. So yeah. you can buy a condo. There's demand because of the population growth. Toronto's creating jobs, which is going to attract people here. Yeah. And people who I think live in this city don't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. You know, they don't understand the big picture here. And I'm scared people are just going to look around. Like, I'm literally scared. I'm concerned that uh, people will look around 10 years from now, so in 2029, which might sound very far away, Mm. and look back and say, Montu, I don't understand. Why are condos now this price? And they're higher yet again. You know, this to me is, it's pricing out the middle class from owning property because we have a lot of immigrants coming in here buying property. We have a lot of Canadians who are able to buy property. And if you're not saving up and not able to get into the property game, I feel like you're going to be cut out forever. Yeah, that's right. The, um, like in the U S the middle class is, is pretty much decimated. There is no middle class anymore. It's everyone just feels poor. Yeah. And I think exactly, I think we're a more polarized country in the way that we only have to your point earlier, we only have a few cities that people really want to live in going forward. Like we have, you know, Vancouver, maybe Calgary, a bit of Edmonton there, Toronto, Montreal. Mm -hmm. And so you have very few choices to make to be a middle-class person in this country. There's not many city choices to make. And if those city choices you make have property prices that are pricing you out, how do you live there? Yeah. Where do you go? Yeah. We've also had a bit of a Trump effect. I mean, there's a lot of people that have been evacuating the U.S. coming to Canada because they, they can't live under the Trump regime. 
what if, Tom, we get another four years of Trump? Like mm -hmm. everyone said it was impossible for him to win this election. I remember sitting there just looking at all this attention he was getting. And I just know. through the law of attraction was, and the attention, I'm like, he's going to win. I remember thinking how they were reporting that no one's going to his rallies, but then him on his own Twitter account was putting out videos that looked like packed arenas. Right. And I remember thinking, I think these guys got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. Like he's showing people <laughs> in the arenas. They're reporting that nobody's there. Like there's lineups, you know. <laughs> I think the Democrats, now we're getting into politics, but the Democrats, I'm not so sure their extreme socialist agenda with the new Green Deal and everything. Uh -huh. that they're trying to talk about like just basically you know they're, they're trying to promote a lot of free money for different people i'm not sure that's the platform that's going to get them to beat trump so i'm fascinated mm -hmm. by 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 what happens next but uh so yeah we have all these factors yeah. so it's it's a crazy storm and this is pushing our real estate what about the builders are builders um i'm hearing that some builders are already saying well maybe we even S slow down our building because the uh, regulations to build and the cost of land in Toronto is getting so high, yeah. um, which to me is a uh, is all the more reason to want to own property because if the, now the condo builders are starting to pull back a little bit, are you supply. seeing that? Because I'm, I'm starting to hear rum, not starting to hear. I mean, I'm hearing it directly from some developers. Yeah. So here's what's happening on with with the builders. They realized that in 2017, 2018, the resale condo prices pretty much caught up with the pre-construction prices. So they had to quickly increase their price. They, you may, people may notice that prices went from like a thousand square feet to like $1,200 per square foot. Um, so they're, they need to keep their price above the resale. Otherwise who would buy, you know, uh, why would you buy a used car if the new car is the same price as the used car? So they bumped up their prices very quickly. And yeah, so I have noticed that the supply has been reduced. They're, their mentality is, well, if land is getting so difficult to develop and there's so much red tape, we're just not going to build as much as before. Now, luckily, Doug Ford, not sorry, Doug, Rob Ford, um, he's, you know, he's into the development scene. Like he has a lot of friends uh, into uh, who are, uh, hang on a second, is, is it Doug Ford? Yeah, it's not Rob mm -hmm. Ford. Rob Ford's the one who way okay sorry folks um no, you're good so yeah I, I, I confuse the two names all the time right right mm -hmm. so uh he's he has a lot of develop developmental uh concepts in his agenda like he wants to enhance the province further right so and he wants to strip out some of the regulations make it a little yeah. bit easier to get yeah. some development projects going i mean just look at the uh what he just put into place on in november of 2018 that all new construction going forward including newly created second suites will not be subject to the rent control, right? So yeah, that was big. Yeah. And, you know, that also made me think that maybe there's going to be some landlords who have these older units that sell them because they can't increase their rent the way they want to. They'll sell them and they'll buy something new uh, that's being newly constructed after December uh, onwards, right? So that's also going to affect the, the, the demand of new construction, Increase supply on the sale on the resale side, but demand on the new construction. So, if you if someone stumbled upon you right now, Montu, and said, "Okay, listen, I've never been a real estate investor. Um, I'm not going to go to outside of Toronto for some reason. Um, I'm going to buy Toronto condos. What is there a particular air like? Could you give them a particular area, a particular builder? What w what would you say to them, just at a high level? Where yeah. would you take them right now? Would it 
would it be just wherever there's a new development going up because there's just demand everywhere? Oh my gosh, no, no, you don't want to just dive into it. So the things you want to look for are, you know, make sure that there are high paying jobs in the area. So make sure the incomes in the area are, are like, you know, close to affluent. Okay, and that's why you're staying in places like downtown, midtown, just kind yeah. of where all the jobs are. Exactly. Okay. Um, and, you know, make sure there's transit there because people are not going to need cars anymore. Uh, and look for a builder with a, a reputation, someone who's done a few builds, who has like, you know, 20, 30 years of experience under their belt so that, you know, they have systems in place um, and relationships with the city so that they can get their permits done. And if they have like a work, uh, a labor shortage, that they have backup labor, backup subcontracts that they can rely upon. So I only deal with like the, the established builders, you know, like Menkees, Pemberton, um, Tridel, they're great golf there. They've been doing it for a while and they have systems in place. So you want to look for that. So where would I bring someone right now? Um, along the lakeshore is, is just fantastic in Toronto. The government is injecting $30 billion. The Ontario government wants to bring Toronto's waterfront up to par with other world-class cities. So $30 billion has been signed to enhance the waterfront communities. And there's going to be a residual effect. Because of that investment, Google is bringing their, the, the city of the future, smart city, to the Portlands area. So that whole place is being redone. Um, robot city, basically. No cars allowed. It's all like underground robots doing everything. Uh, then we got... Uh, underground robots making my lunch even? <laughs> well, <laughs> when you say everything, what am I getting here? Yeah, well, you know, we're almost at that Star Trek level. Yeah, I feel like we are. I feel like we are with some of these things. <laughs> but I feel like we're going to have two different societies soon. Either you live in a robot city or you live out in the hick somewhere. Yeah, right? I'm not exactly sure which one I want. I think I might want to live out in the hick somewhere in the forest. Well, here's what you're going to have to accept, that the robots are going to control everything for you. They're going to collect data. They're going to know everything about you. That's the... Just this sacrifice. morning, me and my wife were talking about a trip that we're planning to book. And Alexa just turned on and said, would you like a phone number for that? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> that's okay. scary. No. Oh, no. <laughs> she starts saying cancel. I'm like, shut up. Shut up, Alexa. <laughs> As you dive over for the cord and plug the goddamn thing out of the wall, you know? But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of these new developments are yeah. going to be impressive. Okay, so Lakeshore. Yeah, and you also want to go Midtown just to follow that uh, that LRT. Yeah. That, that's going to be huge. Um, all of Toronto in general is attracting a lot of uh, labor talent, like tech talent. I think we're going to be the next San Francisco. We have attracted companies. Oh, you're, like you're very pro-Toronto. Oh, you, you, you wouldn't yeah, believe yeah. it. And like, Microsoft is, is moving their headquarters to Lakeshore and, uh, and Young, where's it, Bay? You mean the, from the office I have here in Mississauga? Because yeah, I think yeah. that's their, really? Yeah, yeah, to the CIBC are, Square. Are they keeping that office in Mississauga here? Well, yeah, they probably will keep it, but their HQ is going to be downtown really? Toronto now. Yeah, they're going to be bringing their salaries here. So all the developments in that area I are I feel like I'm listening to a future movie where it's just like there's the people who have stuff and they live in the city. Mm -hmm. And there's people who don't have shit. That's exactly. And they don't like live that. in the city unless you own assets. You know how you were talking about the flat earth here? Yeah. I, I just I want to step into this for one second. Yeah. You were talking about a flat earth and you were saying, you know, how people don't see what's right in front of them. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes I feel that way about money. I feel that people don't understand that incomes. We've all been sold a bill of goods. Incomes do not keep up with the cost of living. Yeah. But we train our children to think income, Incomes. career, how you're gonna get a job. When I wanna tell people, 
you only get a job to gain valuable experience. So you go to, you can go to university to go, to build your communication, your thought process, your debate skills, your articulation, er, everything yes. that university will provide you. You can do that. And then you can go to get um get a job to learn more and get more skills. Yeah. But the money that you earn from that that the only purpose should be to pay off any debt you had from school right. or to buy assets. Yeah. Do, the career is not the goal. It's how many assets do you have in your life? Because if you look at the way the money system works, assets, because the Bank of Canada says we must have inflation at 2% a year, mm -hmm. typically hard assets, they are not very good at controlling that and hard assets go faster than that. So if your income is only going up 2% a year, but hard assets are going up 3% a year, 4%, 5 6% a year, after 10 and 20 years, you are actually, you are, completely devastated yeah. in your ability to buy stuff and live a good life. Yeah. And that's right in front of all of our, our, our eyes that you should own assets like good condos or good homes in Welland, Ontario. Right. But yeah. no one seems to get it. And we all just talk about incomes all day long. Well, we've been it taught me out. under the Prussian system to like go to school, which was, you know, learn your arithmetic, learn to read, which was really done for soldiers. It's to be able to count the bullets and to be able to march and to take instructions. That's what school is about. Um, so, like, from my parents, I heard, get a good job. I want you to have a high-paying career. I want you to wear a three-piece suit. Same here, same right? here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you can't fault them. Like, no, that no, was... that, that was, That's what they, yeah, that's what yeah. they knew. Uh, for, for my kids, I never say, if they want something, I never tell them, well, get a job, and then you can buy it. I tell them, start a business, then you can buy it. That's what I'm telling them now. Like it's it's either hard assets or a small business. You that's the only thing that's really going to go up. Incomes. I I, I feel like I was uh, sold a pipe dream. You know when I was Agreed. told about getting like you know, becoming a doctor, or an accountant, or a lawyer. L listen, if someone can nail me on this if I don't have it because I'm just doing this at the top of my head. If if hard assets go up three percent a year more than your income goes up, it's doubling on you. It's it, they're doubling on you every 24, 25 years. So, for example, if you're a 3% inflation a year, prices double every 24, 25 years. I don't have it right in front of me. I should have this yeah. printed out in front of yeah. me. I'm going to freaking do that. I think it was 24 years you, you 24 mentioned. 24 years. Yeah. I think that's what it is, too. But we know that's not real. No, no. Real but but, I, but I'm just saying 3%. Yeah. I'm just saying 3%. Yeah, so at 6%, cut that in half. 12 so years. when people look around and say, why can't, why is the cost of living? Why is everything getting so expensive? I honestly, I just feel like, geez, you, you don't understand the money game. Yeah. You, you, if, 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 if your income's going up 2% and property values are going up 8% uh -huh. a year, you're, you're, that's a 6% spread. You're losing out every 12 years. Things are doubling on you. My, I felt my aha moment for that was when I discovered the Chapwood Index. Chapwoodindex.com, I, I know this index. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it talks about real inflation, the, the, the true it. inflation yeah, yeah. measured in like 50 U.S. cities um, that... You know, actually include things that the government doesn't include, like real estate and energy, because they say, well, it's volatile, but well, guess what? We still have to use cars and we still have to live in places. So, like, true inflation is around 11 to 13 percent. You know, like, this is why your Starbucks coffee is, has doubled in the last six years. And, the, you know, they also have something called the Big Mac index that actually tells you the real rate of inflation, just how much has the Big Mac increased. I feel like sometimes when we talk about this stuff, we're becoming the flat earthers. Right. 
Montu and Tom were talking about the inflation. <laughs> Have you heard about the inflation? We should start a Netflix documentary. Okay. It's called The Inflation and how we get screwed. We're going to get some black suburbans showing up outside our door. Some guys oh in black suits. Oh, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. All on radios. Get them. They're in there. They're recording the podcast. They're talking about the inflation. We are here from the Bank of Canada, and we are arresting you. You have uncovered the secrets to money. Jeez, yeah, it's uh, it, it freaks me out. You're you're so right. Like I, I joke about that all the time. Like canned tomatoes. If I just wish wish I took a picture of canned tomatoes since I was a kid. Like every year, just went to the Loblaws or you know the grocery store and just yeah. took a picture of the price of canned tomatoes just to so that I could report back to the government on their inflation number since right. I was a kid. You know, saying so, I know you think it's only been going up this much, but I don't know these tomatoes <laughs> that my my mother in law needs for the sauce. It's not quite what you're saying. You know what I mean? Totally. And I just leave it on their doorstep here. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you these canned tomatoes in your calculations next time (laughs) but but you know this is why and i'm sure you know this that our inflation model they use a substitution model Mm -hmm. so that if the price of price of beef goes up and they can say well you know what ground beef went up this much but like hot dogs really didn't they just sub in hot dogs people just buy hot dogs yeah for the calculation and i just just like i guess i just want to live my life on my terms at all times and i don't like when i feel like someone's bullshitting me like that but uh, anyway, we're getting completely off track. Oh. But I do want to start yeah. the Netflix special called The Inflation. <laughs> um, any, uh, uh, any other condo stuff that you want to have? We covered most of the stuff that you wanted yeah. to share here today. So, you know what? Uh, why don't I just share the secret sauce of like what is going to what's the X factor that's going to make everything explode? And that is the tech companies. Once they come in to uh, Toronto and the salaries start pouring through, because you have no idea how much money these companies have. Like Netflix. No, I do remember. I, yeah, I they, used to. Work, I was in the software industry at the height of software. <laughs> okay. So yeah, they throw around money throw like around. nothing. Starting salaries. Starting is a hundred thousand with a hundred thousand bonus. You know, they, they have so much money to attract the right talent. That's this is what they. This is where they how they make the the cash flow. Um, so as soon as Google, like if you're not in here before Google's here and Microsoft is here and what would have happened if we won the Amazon bid for, you know, they were going to open up an Amazon headquarters? I think we were like one of yeah, two. That was, I also thought that was, but they're not going to yeah. move into Canada. I think about the political shit yeah, storm that would true. be. But anyway, it was fun to think about but it. But there's going to be another uh, huge tech company coming in here. We already have Twitter, uh, PayPal, Kijiji. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're already here in King mm-hmm. West, right? I'm sure LinkedIn's offices are down there yeah. somewhere too. Yeah, they are. So once like the... The, the FANGs, the uh, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, uh, once those companies have established a base in Toronto, that's it, man. It's game over. My, my only thing, and so we're all painting a rosy picture here, and I think everyone should know that both Montu and I also believe that real estate can have corrections as well. So if there is a massive stock market correction or some sort of financial oh, yeah. crisis, that definitely can dampen property prices and pull the values prices of them down. And it could do that for a year, could do that for two or three years. Mm-hmm. I think what we're trying to share here is that the fundamentals of this city, because I'm paranoid at all times. I don't want anyone listening to this thinking, oh, these guys just think property prices are going to go. I'm constantly paranoid. Yeah. But uh, but those trends that you're saying, if those last over five and 10 and 15 and 20 years, yeah. the population growth and the immigration, this influx of tech companies coming in here, longer term, that bodes very well for property prices. I just don't want anyone listening to this thinking they're going to buy their first property and who cares? I'll just buy something that is cash flow negative by $1,000 or what? I'm, I'm just throwing mm-hmm. a number yeah. out there because property prices only go up and I'll be okay. 
I'm very paranoid over that thought. So that's why I'm interested in what you have to say about executive rentals and stuff, because you're finding very creative ways to yeah. create. Well, lots. that's what it's all about. You got to be creative. Like just how uh, straight rental is like a six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollar house is not going to get you the rent you want to be cash flow positive. So you've, you have to be creative and uh, introduce second suites to get positive cash flow. That's being a smart investor. Same thing with condos. You can't have a second suite in condos. Although there are some stories about some investors who stack like six beds into uh, their condo and rent out each bed. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. You know, it's yeah. like to, to immigrants who need a place to crash and they charge them like six, eight hundred bucks a month. Yeah. One of the student rentals we used to own by York University, that we had seven bedrooms in it. And when I tell non-real estate investors that, they're like, oh my gosh, you had seven bedrooms in one property? I'm like, listen, we do it all legally by the fire code, electrical, everything's done. You know, it's a beautiful Ikea kitchen we installed in the basement. You know, it's all, it's all by the book. Built out a separate entrance into the basement. Mm -hmm. We knew some people in that area by York there, they had like 16 bedrooms. Well, we heard, and I don't know this firsthand, that the, there was a, a Chinese gentleman who was advertising in China for Asian students to come to York University, and he was putting them up in his house. Some of the doors to the bedrooms apparently couldn't open fully mm -hmm. because the, be the way he had cut up this house so much was basically one big fire hazard. And I know there's when, when, when money's on the line and people think that they're going to make some cash, they do crazy things beyond what they should be doing. Yeah. We're to definitely not advocating, neither of us are advocating that, but we you know, we both hear these stories of how it exists. Yeah. I wish I had walked through that property. I had the chance once and I never did. Mm -hmm. I wish I had went, went through that one personally. But, uh, but yes, yeah, so I'm not surprised when I hear that yeah. kind of stuff. So yeah, executive rentals is just uh, another tangent on that savvy investor trying to figure out a way to make more money, you know? The, and the other thing I think I just want to share out there is sometimes in the media, you'll hear kind of like the, the locals of Toronto, right? I'm born in Toronto, scream that like, this is all kind of going the hell in a handbasket, you know, like we can't afford properties and stuff. And I don't like to argue against what's happening in front of me. You know, I like to understand the trends and work them to my own personal advantage. Like, I don't know if that's a selfish thought or not, but to stand there and fight and say, this shouldn't be happening when we have the province of Ontario growing at 300,000 people a year, it's like, good luck. It, that's going to be a federal government decision on whether they just want to close the doors to this country. But as long as Canada is what it is, very welcoming. And again, my parents are immigrants. Your parents are immigrants. Yeah. Uh, that, if that continues and presents beautiful opportunities for a bunch of people to live here all peacefully, all different cultures from around the world, yeah. I'm just going to ride that trend. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to fight it. And I know some people are going to disagree with my thinking on that. That's just, and it's an easier way of life for myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, Montu, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, is there, is there any condo uh, development projects coming up near term? Yeah. Well, there's a couple that uh, that people can find on my website. TorontoCondosPlatinumAccess.com. Okay, yes, whoa. Whoa, hold yeah, on. It's a long TorontoCondosPlatinumAccess.com. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We'll link that. So if you're listening to this, you can go to rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash podcast, rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash podcast. You'll get to this podcast with Montu. You can click on it and in there we'll have that link there as well. Yeah. So you'll see basically my picks, my top picks for what's, uh, where you want to get into in the pre, on the pre-construction scene, downtown, midtown, Leslieville, 
uh, North York. There's a, there's a really, really a lot of good projects coming up that people should get into while they can. And you also want, um, like someone like yourself who's in the game, um, you have the connections with the developers. So you get, I hate all that platinum VIP access, yeah. but I just got to tell you, well, but that's the way the game works, right? You need right. someone like yourself who has relationships with the builders, who knows Montu brings business. So you get first access with your clients right. into some of these projects. That's right. And because of that, Rockstar gets access to uh, these builds before the, before regular realtors and before the general public. So we basically get first crack. We bring our clients in, they get first crack at you know rock bottom pricing, and over time, builders increase their prices because they have an average. They believe that, for example, that the future value of a, of a build will be at, say, $1,300 a square foot. So they're gonna sell it at the very beginning for 1100 per square foot. I can't believe we're talking these dollar numbers. I know, right? Yeah, yeah like it's just, crazy. But anyway, go on, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then they expect that, you know, over time, over the one year sales period, they'll get to increase the prices uh, to like 1200 a square foot. And then, by the way, the very top of the building, the penthouses, they, they don't sell during the pre-construction phase. They wait, because that's the most profitable part of the building. They want to save the penthouses and sell those for like fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars a square foot at when the building is done. So, you, unfortunately, anyone looking for a penthouse, you're going to have to wait um, until the occupancy period. Basically, anyone else looking, anyone looking for their bachelor party extravaganza yeah. penthouse, they're going to have to wait and pay the big bucks. Yeah, that's right. For your tiger and your whatever is in these penthouses, but um, cool, Montu, yeah. thank you. My pleasure. Anything else you want? We're, we'll bring you back. We'll talk more. Yeah. But right. uh, thank you for that. Uh, your website, uh, we handed out. Can you say it one more time? TorontoCondosPlatinumAccess.com. Your email address are you handing out or no? Uh, sure, why not? That? It's pretty simple. Montu, M-O-N-T-U, at RockstarBrokerage.com. Just leave me your phone number and uh, we'll connect. I think that's it. Montu, really appreciate this. Remember, we're working on our Netflix special called The Inflation. The Inflation. <laughs> Hey, so hopefully you enjoyed that. So if you are interested in making the documentary with us called The Inflation, just let us know, reach out to us. We actually are just learning that there has been a little hiccup with the email address that I've been handing out for this podcast. So um, to give feedback on this podcast, on this podcast, stay tuned. I will have a new email address. Um, apparently for the last few months, we've been having an email issue with the one I was handing out. So stay tuned um, for that. And if you are listening to this and you want some real estate information, you can go to rockstarinnercircle.com for blog posts, videos, free copies of our book. You can come into our training class. Get a We run a monthly free training class in here. You can register for that training class. Jenny from our office will call and uh, reserve your seat for you. That's all available at the URL rockstarinnercircle.com. Hopefully you're having a good day. That's it for now. Until next time, your life, your terms.